Okay, we are in Seker Yirmiyahu, Perik Chofbeis, Pasuk Aleph, Ko Omar Hashem. We're going to see in Perik Chofbeis, Yirmiyahu flitting back and forward in speaking and prophesying to the various final kings of Yehuda. So we recall that in Pasuk Aleph, um, when it speaks of Yirmiyo, it introduces us. It says, and I quote, Divrei Yirmiyo ben Chilkiyo, Asher Hoyodvar Hashem love Bimei Yoshia ben Amon, Melech Yehuda, and continues by Bimei Yehoyachim, and then Yehoyachim, and then Sidkiyahu. So let's just take a minute or two to go through the genealogical tables of who he's speaking to and what they are in fact performing their roles in the end of the Judean Empire of the before the first space Hamikdash is destroyed. Start with Menashe. Menashe rules for 55 years, the longest reign of any king of Judah or Israel. He has a son, Ammon, who just rules for two years. But between Menashe and Ammon, it is no question, not that they could be the two worst kings in Jewish history. Hands down, they are the worst kings in Jewish history. They are evil, they are venal, they bring Avodah Zarah into the temple, they tear Sifrei Torah, they lead the nation in a total path of immorality. There's no question that Menashe and Ammon directly lead to the destruction. Interestingly enough, Ammon gives birth to Yoshiahu ben Ammon. He is a tzaddik. How he comes out of this genealogy of Menashe and Ammon is anybody's guess. But this man for 31 years, the Mephoshim say, almost averts the whole destruction, the whole decree of destruction. Such a tzaddik was uh, Yoshiahu. He revised the educational system so that everyone in Israel from north to south got a complete Torah education. He refurbished the base on Mikdash. He restored learning, as we say, but he also went house to house eliminating Avodah Zarah. He was the golden age. He was the last gasp of Renaissance. And what we're going to learn tragically he makes a foreign policy military decision where he will come to a terrible, tragic end, whereas we're going to see no reason. I think it's going to be in Chafhei, so maybe we will get to it next week. So now, Yoshio is cut short. He leaves behind Yehoyachaz, his son, who rules for three months, a non-factor. Then Yehoiakim is also his son. It's not the son of Yehoiachaz. Uh, Yehoiakim rules for 11 years. To say that he is a total dud would be an understatement. Yehoiachim, who is Yehoiakim's son, rules for three months, a total non-entity, is removed by Nebuchadnezzar as being a total incompetent and rebellious vassal. Now the third son of um, Yoshio, Sidkiah, 
is the last king of Judea. He rules for 11 years. To say he was a disaster would be an understatement. So that is the final sequence. Menashe, Amon, followed by Yoshia, followed by Yehoiachaz, followed in quick succession by Yehoiachim, Yehoiachim, and then Sidkiyahu. So this particular prophecy is directed first to Sidkiyahu. So we pick it up, Chafbeis, Pasuk Aleph, Koamar Hashem. Shem says to Yirmiyo, Raid, Beis Melech, Yehuda, go down through, um, we assume he's in the mountain of the Beis Hamikdash, the Har Habayas, go down to the king's palace, Vidibarta Shemes Hadavar Hazeh, and speak the following Tzitzikiyah. Barmarta, Shema Devar Hashem Melech Yehuda, listen to me, O king of Judah, Hayoshe Valkisei David, who sits on the throne of David, Atav, Avadecha, Amcha Habaim Basharim Ha'ele, you, your servants, your nation, who all come through these gates, these kingly gates. Kolomar Hashem, interesting message. We're going to see it's not do tshuva, do tshvila, learn Torah. Koamar Hashem, asu mishpat utstaka, do justice and righteousness, v'hatzilu gozol miyat ashuk, save the oppressed and the, the um, persecuted uh, and the wrong from, from just onerous interest laws, onerous money lending, onerous persecution. The ger, the ger, the yosom, the almano, we know have special protection. Al tnu, al tachamsu, the domnaki, al tishbuhu, b'amakom hazeh. Don't oppress them, don't abuse them, and don't spill innocent blood on this place. In other words, the answer could still be social justice. Pursue the bein adam lechavero, and you can avert this. That is the message. So, Hilly, so now you've had observe Shabbos and do this. Right. Giving a, lot, a, bunch, a bunch of options. Right. Another one, yes. Do Adam Lamakom, but yet yeah, don't forget, this seems to say Adam Lechavero is what's important. Do those deeds between you, seek justice, protect the orphan, protect the widow. It's our mission. Uh, moreover, if you do it, here's what I'm giving you. You follow this path of social justice, I will guarantee you nothing less than the continuation of the Davidic dynasty. The kings will continue to come through these gates. They will continue to take their seats on the throne. They will come in chariots and horses and their retinue. Just do it. I'm promising you the continuation eternally of the Davidic dynasty. The Imlo, flip side of the coin, if you do not listen, I've sworn on my own name. This house, this palace will be completely destroyed, will be a desolate room. Because this is my message to the house of Judah. Notwithstanding that you are to me as dear as Gilad 
and Har Halbanan, which are the two most verdant, um, sweet, prosperous places of growth in Israel. The balm of Gilad, we know of the Lavanon, the mighty trees, the fruits, etc. Despite the fact that you are as dear to me as Gilad and Lavanon, Imlo Ashisra Midavar Arim Lonashubu. If you do not follow this, I will appoint where your cities are destroyed. I will appoint destroyers, men and their weapons. They will cut down your cedars. That's a continuation of the metaphor of Har Halvanon, which is famed for its cedar trees. And you will fall into the fire. So here's your choice. Do Adam Lachavero, guaranteed continuity of the Davidic dynasty. Don't do it. I will level the whole city and the whole base on Mikdash. What's the benefit, really? I mean, and why is it important to Tzidkiyahu or anyone else? It'll be the Davidic dynasty. For the Jews, isn't it having a good king or good leaders? I mean, what, what, what does anyone really care? And if you're at Tzidkiyahu and you're thinking there's thousands of years of history that's going to you know, be subsequent, right. who cares? And you care because we are guaranteed the continuation of the Davidic dynasty and what's its end result? Mashiachus. Yeah. The Mashiach will come from the house of David. But if, someone, if someone was the king of Israel today, how would we know whether they're in the Davidic dynasty or not? Other than someone telling, making that Determination. <laughs> well, won't be, we there won't be any know. way to check it. Our, we, DNA, who knows? You know, we don't know. But we are guaranteed. It is, it's written into the law. There will be a Davidic dynasty. The, the, the kingdom will never depart from the house of David. Um, anyway, so. I will destroy them, I will level the place. The different nations will pass by this city and say, Why? What did the Kaddish Baruch Hu do to this once great empire, this great city? And its answer is simple. They left the covenant. It is their fault. They bowed and prostrated themselves to other gods. That's why. Interesting metaphor now. Don't weep for the dead. Don't mourn for those who have departed. What they're saying is distinguished between those kings and those leaders who died here, who are buried here. Don't worry about them. They are buried in the soil of Jerusalem. Now shed your tears, save your tears. But those who are going to leave exile and will not return ever to see their Land. Um, it could be Tzidkiyahu. Uh, uh, it could be that, in other words, what they're saying, going into Gullus is worse than those who died here. Uh, one of the kings, I think, you know, he dies outside the gates, but he's in Yerushalayim. Um, 
he's better off than those kings that died there or anyone who died there. Problem here, we know of no such king named Shalom ben Yoshio. It's mentioned in Divrei Hayamim. We think it means Sikio, but it could mean Yehoyachim. Melech Yudah HaMelech, Tachas Yoshio, who was the son of Yoshio, his father, so we know it's one of the sons. Asher Yotzam in HaMakom Hazeh, below Yoshio Shamo. And he's still there. His descendants are in Babel. He's not coming back. That's who you shed your tears on. Where they have exiled to him, there he will die. He will never see it again. So in other words, what we're learning from his dying in Golos is worse than anything. You're better off dying in Israel, being buried in Israel, and in Golos, uh, dying in Golos is, is not good. And that, of course, gives rise to the feeling that those who die <coughs> excuse me, in Golos should try to be buried in Israel. Isn't that the opposite of what we, what Yirmiyahu said in Kafala for Kaf, where he said, you know, surrender and live, where you're going to be killed. And he was, he was counseling them to surrender. Right, absolutely. So and, that, that was going to be the predicate to exile. Yeah, but the, the thing was, even without surrendering, they only spent 70 years. Maybe there'll be a miracle and they'll come back. In other words, you live another day. You'll live to fight another day. <coughs> Continues. Hi, Bono Beso. Now this is to um, Yehoiachim. Apparently, he had a pension for building these huge castles, Yehoiachim, and says, woe to he who builds a bias without tzedek and a top of the house without justice for Re'ehu Yavor, he, he, uh, his neighbor, he works, he enslaves Chinam without paying him, and his workers he does not pay. What are you talking about? Apparently, of course, there's a rule that you don't have to pay the worker until he's finished with the segment. You know, Yogan used to build these lavish palaces that would take years to build, and so he wouldn't pay them till they're finished. That's one. And then he would build the upper rooftop and not pay them yet for the bottom. And so that these guys went without their wages for years, and that's totally contrary to Jewish law. And that, for that is a complete violation of Ben Odom Lechavero we're talking about. Ha'omer Evneli based me dos while Leos Mervachim, I'm going to build myself the most lavish of castles with the most colored of ceramics and tile. The Korolo Chaloni, I will break windows. The Sofan Ba'erez and Moshach B'Shoshach, I will make it with bright, colors and with mighty cedars. Now he says to him, <coughs> he says, you really reign, or you think you reign, perhaps because you can flaunt your wealth, your father, Yehoash, was a tzaddik, he did wonderful things. He lived a good lifestyle. He drank, he ate, he was at peace. But us a mishpat and stuck us 
He had a good, you can have a good life without the venality, without the evil, without the persecution of the poor. Don din oni the evyon, judge the oni, the evyon, the poor, os tov halohi hadas, this will be for you, osino mashem. This will be knowing me. Through this you will know really my essence. Just do it. Ki ene nechav alibcha ki, you have no, your eyes are not towards me, your heart isn't to me, al bitzecha, val damana ki lishvoch, val oshech, all you know is persecution, venality, corruption, etc. And you have no way of getting closer to me and averting this. So it's a good place to leave Erev Shabbos, but in Mirzah Monday we will continue with this. Again, the kings of Judea from now on are hopeless. Disaster is imminent. Nothing can avert it, but let's hope there is a ray of sunshine in Mir Hashem, Monday, 845.